Welcome everyone to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner and we have a very special episode. This is my 200th episode and I just want to thank everybody who tunes in on a regular basis or if you're just finding this podcast. This is just such a passion of mine and I hope that you find this knowledge insightful and transformative and I asked my dear friend Kelly Kennedy to interview me on this 200th podcast. So I hope that you enjoy a little bit about me getting to know me a little bit more and why I have this podcast and my story and my passion and devotion to this work. So I hope you enjoy this very special episode, the 200th episode of the Spectrum of Health podcast. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. I actually am Kelly Kennedy, and I get to be your host today on Dr. Christine Schaffner's podcast, the Spectrum of Health podcast. This is a very special opportunity for me to help you dive a little deeper into our great colleague, mentor, friend, however you and Dr. Christine really connect in her community. I'm here to help you dive a little deeper. I am very honored to say that she's not only my friend and my colleague, but also she was the first podcast I ever listened to. And so this is a big deal for me. I think as her 200th episode, I think I, I listened to your first podcast and then I didn't meet you until it was maybe your 80th or 85th episode or so, because we've known each other about three years. And I was a little taken back when I got to meet you. And I was like, oh my gosh, I get to know Christine Schaffner. or get to have a conversation. And having gotten to know you and why you are and how you became who you are has been so special. And so for me to get to share today, you, to your community, a little deeper look into Dr. Schaffner, I'm very excited about it. So thank you for letting me do this, Christine. Oh, Kelly, thank you so much. I don't even know what my first episode was. So I just love how, you know, the universe wove our paths together at the perfect time. And I'm just so grateful to call you a dear friend. So thank you for doing this. Absolutely. My pleasure. So I want to talk about, first of all, the Spectrum of Health podcast and how you came up with that name, and then talk a little bit about your past, because there's some interesting things I don't think people know about you that when I learned, I was like, wait, what? Wait, what lifetime was that? When did you do that? Because how I know you, and if I could just say my perspective for a moment, is that truly one of the reasons that I listen to your podcast is because I have learned, you know being more traditionally trained pre-med at Cornell and having all this science background and wanting to be a doctor and having thrown into a world where I had to learn a different way to heal and ending up learning terrain medicine, there weren't a lot of people that knew terrain medicine in the United States that had a voice that was able to really educate anybody about it. I was going to classes And there would be 150 docs in the room and then everybody would go back to their individual offices and do their thing. And outside of going to classes or going to Europe, there was nobody except for you, this little light at the end of my tunnel where I was like, oh, Dr. Schaffner, thank God she's finally speaking the truth about terrain medicine. And as I really got into your podcast, what I realized is you're a true thought leader, that you don't just take other people's information and regurgitate it. You expand on it. You you look at the depths, as one of our friends said, you look at the roots to where it's headed in the future and combine the two. You really are so elegant at taking ancient wisdom and bringing it into the modern day world with the modern day disease barrel. 
And then you're so heart centered and so connected to your audience, to your patients, to this medicine, to wanting to, not to cry in case y'all can't tell, but I'm overwhelmed by your passion and your devotion to helping others. And then how it has shown up for you in your life. It's been so beautiful. And you're driving your passion though. I want your audience to understand where that comes from. And I want them to understand how your brain developed haha, to get here because her brain is so beautiful. Y'all I sent a class with her and I think I understand what's going on. And then I go, Oh, Christine, what, what, what? and she reiterates it. I'm like, Oh, wait, I was barely spelling the words and you were like integrating it into the massive collective of your knowledge and then taking it a step farther, truly as a thought leader, truly to take us all to another level of how we can quicker, faster, get better. So that's how I see you and why I, with that beautiful head of hair of yours, have called you my beautiful brain friend for so very long. And you are a lot more than a brain, though. You are truly a heart and intuitive. You're logical and intuitive at the same time. And it's it's just a phenomenal integration. So I will stop talking and let this be the Christmas. Oh, I know. I'm blushing. That's very sweet and humbling to hear you say all those words. So thank you. It's easy to speak the truth. So how did you start? Did you always want to be a doctor? It's a great question. You know, I, I think about, you know, how did this devotion, as you said, begin. And, you know, I was raised, you know, my father's an oncologist, my mom had a nursing background and educational background. So, you know, I remember, I think my mom said one of my brother's first words was chemotherapy, right? Like, unfortunately, but you know, it was just what we grew up around, you know, so I was, you know, raised around medicine, but it was like, you know, the amoxicillin, I remember the pink amoxicillin, I had the ear infections, the throat, I had my tonsils out, you know, well-meaning, but that was just kind of what we knew. I saw my dad, you know, help, you know, cancer patients, but he had no understanding of diet or, you know, lifestyle in that way. And so it was just like, you know, an interesting observation and no judgment. It just is where, you know, they were. And it was an incredible feat for my mom and my dad to have the education from, you know, where they grew up and kind of leaps and bounds that they took to get the education that they did. And so I'm really, you know, it's humbling because I'm here this weekend with my whole family about to celebrate my daughter's fifth birthday. And you really kind of just have this like, you have these moments of like all the generations that led to the opportunities that we have today, especially as women in our country. And I'm really honored in that way. And so, you know, fast forward, you know, I was just like always a science mind. I loved biology. I loved science. And then when I became a teenager, I was heavily influenced by a few people who opened my mind. And I always kind of mention this when I'm getting interviewed, like when we had Barnes and Noble, the bookstores used to be a thing where we all went to, right? And I would always find myself in the science and spirituality section and always finding those magical books. And I remember having mono in high school and reading the whole Conversations with God series and just being like really open to these deeper questions. And, you know, we had a couple family friends who opened us up to this idea that there was even a naturopathic medical career out there in Bastyr University. And it took me 
a while. I mean, I had a kind of a circuitous path to really commit to that would be my vocation. But I, you know, did the whole, you know, where Kelly and I, you know, relate, we did pre-med at pretty, you know, tough school. So I went to UVA and I resisted it for two years. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to do pre-med and did all my organic chemistry in one summer and got caught up. And, and then I found myself at 22 at Bastyr. So I was at, in Virginia and I flew out to Seattle and I thought I, I knew what health was, but I, it was really culture shock, to be honest. It was like a whole different experience. And I was still like, you know, I mean, no offense, Kelly's an East Coast girl like myself. It's like people are really status driven, right? And always like very, you know, when you're on the East Coast, like the first couple questions that come out of most of the people's, the people that I grew up with, they're, where do you go to school? What do you do? And so for me to really take this alternative route and not become a medical doctor first and then do alternative medicine was a really big leap for me at a young age. So I went to Bastyr, but I ended up taking a year and a half off, which was a really pretty profound year. It was foreshadowing the work that I would do later in life. And I finally committed, okay, I'm going to be a naturopathic doctor. And my life's kind of like- What did you do in that year and a half, Christine? What were some of the things you did? And, and Dr. Christine, I mean, no disrespect. Obviously, I have tremendous respect. She's also one of my best friends. So if I don't... Christine, please. Um, so so that year and a half, like I, you know, many of you know, my dear friend, Katie, who's also part of our female frequency upgrade retreats. I, I have all these really dear friends that I just have them become dear friends too, so then I can hang out with all of them, you know? So Katie is one of those women in the circles. And she and I, you know, by serendipity became roommates when we were in Bastyr together and she was going for nutrition and I was starting my ND degree. And so she finished up her nutrition degree and I was on my time off. And, you know, I had always been drawn to like the wellness and kind of spa industry culture, especially that what we call like that balneology culture in uh, Europe with the hot springs in the water and the knipe, you know, hydrotherapy and all of that. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll work in a spa while I'll, while I'm taking this time off because I needed to make money. And I looked in massage therapy and massage therapy was like a year program. So I was like, well, maybe I won't do that. I'll, I'll do aesthetics. It was only four months. So it was an evade program. And I just decided Aveda was not as, you know, greenwashed as today. It was really the founder of Aveda was very true to like Ayurveda and really a beautiful, definitely lens to see skin and life. And so I decided to do that. And then we as young women who are just fearless, we called ourselves manifestors in training, we decided to move to Colorado, we actually got jobs in Aspen. And we were in this like really whirlwind journey, I don't even ski, but I showed up and we worked in you know, some spas. But, you know, in that time, we met a woman who was a raw food chef. She put people on cleanses. She did colon hydrotherapy. She put them in the sauna. I actually also worked for this Aspen Center for Integral Health that put on these wellness conferences in Aspen. And Dr. Perlmutter was there, Dr. Ray, who's passed away, even the Dr. Young, the, the PH guy, you know, so like I was, you know, really like, wow, like had these seeds planted of this knowledge. I, and I also remember a woman came and she was looking for funding to get her documentary about mercury and people's mouths, you know, out there. Her movie, I think, was Mercury and Retrograde or something like that. But she opened up my mind to understand mercury and the amalgam fillings was really detrimental to people's health. And so, you know, fast forward, you know, we were having an adventure and it was time to like, okay, am I going back to school? So I, I took my MCAT and in that experience, 
I really realized that I went home to do the MCAT. I worked at the American Cancer Society and I just saw the hypocrisy within that organization. Like here we are, you know, saying that we're preventative and we're supporting people with cancer and they have no conversation about toxicity at all, you know? And so it was like really interesting to be up close and personal to that. And it, it just drew, like I had those experiences that just, you know, really led me back to naturopathic school. And it was, you know, it's timing. Life is timing. It's, you know, all divine timing, but it was fast forward. I, you know, I found an apartment that ended up being right next to my future husband, our dearest friends. I met dear friends in school. I felt very passionate about that. I really wanted to get to the root cause of why people were sick, having this kind of prior knowledge. And one of the first brown bag lunches that we went to was with Dr. Louisa Williams, who at the time came out with her book, Radical Medicine, which was really the textbook of bioregulatory medicine. And I remember just hearing her talk and she always said, what is the first thing that, you know, you look at a patient when a patient comes in the door and we're all like, oh, are they on gluten, you know, whatever. And she's like, you open their mouth and you see what's in their mouth. And I just remember thinking like, I want to know everything that that woman knows. And you know how I, I bought her book and it was before Kindle. So it was like this couple thousand page book. I would just take it around. You know, I would like put it in my suitcase and to put it in my backpack. I would always be carrying it with me. <laughs> you know, it was like um, through osmosis and, you know, fast forward. It must weigh like 20 pounds by itself. No joke. Like that's a devotion in and of itself, to be honest with you. <laughs> totally. And, you know, I was just like in this, you know, like you have to get your license and Bastier gave you kind of a good foundational light lens, but it wasn't really going to those root causes that I was exposed to through my work in Aspen and then also with Louise's book. And so, you know, Kelly gets a, a kick out of this. My dear friend, Julie Neal, and I've really loved studying the Soroyal at the time drainage philosophy. So that was Soroyal had these beautiful UNDA numbers and gemotherapies. And while I was on my journey, I met my good friend, Dr. Marie Rodriguez, who kind of really had me experience real naturopathic medicine and bioregulatory medicine. She gave me UNDA numbers and gemotherapies and craniosacral and my endocrine system came back online in a way that I had never experienced and pretty fast. So I went back to Bastyr and I was like really wanting to learn about those remedies and was really in the extracurriculars. So Julie and I started the drainage club. We would have Dr. Dick Tom come and, you know, teach us. I, you know, learned every UNDA number. I learned every, you know, gemotherapy and I had that knowledge in my heart, but it's interesting how it all unfolded. But yeah, and then I graduated school and I just knew I really wanted to help people who were really like wanting the true answers of why they're sick and the people who didn't have a voice or didn't have answers and and, you know, I, I found that I found that training, I found that experience. And at the end of the day, as you know, Kelly, our patients are our greatest teachers. I mean, well, we have we can have every textbook, every theory, every thought, but until you interact with the beauty and the, you know, dynamism of a human living organism and beautiful, intelligent body, you don't know like what works or what doesn't. And so, so yeah, that's a little bit of a trip down memory lane for me. <laughs> It's beautiful. I think so many people now can understand that it's not just, oh, she went to school and she learned this stuff. I mean, it has been on your path yeah. forever from the oncology to looking at the harder allopathic sciences, if you will, to more of the 
vitality sciences versus the mechanistic world, looking at more of the vitality of the body, looking at the different ways and the blockades and all the different ways to uplevel that, then going to naturopathic school and then finding other mentors and continuing to find mentors, but yet again, expanding, expanding. So through the, through that, at some point you decided to go, Hey, I got to start a podcast. I got to give people some of this spectrum of health. Yeah. Such a beautiful name. I love the name because it, it really does. You cross so many spectrums of, of wellness. And I would just like where you were at when you started about four or five years ago now. Yeah. You know, my husband, actually, as you know, Dan, he was a really great cheerleader to encourage me to start a podcast. He just knew that for the work I do and kind of the passion that I had, that that was going to be like a really important outlet for me. And I had so much resistance, which is hard to believe at this point, you know, but it was like really a scary thought at that time. And I was still young and learning how to public speak and interview people. And I made I'm sure so many mistakes. And I started it. It was first called the Essential Medcast. And then I did a handful of trainings and or teachings rather. And then I decided to up level, you know, I was like, okay, that was kind of my training wheels is what I was trying to get out. And then I decided to really up level. And I I came up with the name, the spectrum of health, because I was just thinking like, we're going to you know, cover a wide range of topics. I have, you know, many passions when you treat this population. There's also many um, rabbit holes you can dive into. So I was thinking we were going to have this spectrum of knowledge and spectrum of health. And then, you know, as my evolution has kind of continued to inform me, you know, with my love of biophysics and color and light, you know, there is this other kind of, you know, parallel meaning with the electromagnetic spectrum, right? And the, you know, the visible light spectrum and, you know, all of that. So yeah, it's really been a love and passion project of mine and it's evolved over the years. But what I've loved about it is I get to just be curious and invite my dear friends or people that I really want to learn from. And when you're really busy, it's hard to, you know, go to all the conferences and read all the research and read all the books. And so I I also see this other amazing gift it's given me that I get this knowledge that I, I am in the process of learning, I get to educate my community so that they can apply it to their lives. And then I can also bring it back to my clinic uh, pretty quickly. So then, you know, that evolution of my medicine is you know, happening as I'm doing each interview. I've learned a tremendous amount from all of my guests and they've really up-leveled and upgraded my medicine as I've done each episode. I'm sure they've expanded your spectrum of visibility. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So if you think about where you were at when you started the podcast and where you're at now yeah. in regards to understanding what you want to educate, what you want to inform, enlighten, whatever, enlighten us as to where that is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I think the podcast kind of matches my evolution. You know, there's a lot of speakers that I've invited that are really helping us to understand the realm of the unseen world and how that can really upgrade and accelerate and amplify what we're doing currently in the world of even bioregulatory and functional medicine. So as my curiosity and my depth of knowledge has, you know, deepened with these topics, I think my guests, you know, match that we've had um, 
an amazing patient who was so dear to us, who was my first like in-person kind of hands-on seeing the power of a coherence healing and how she, her, her name's Julia, she's on our podcast list, but how she did basically a few coherence healings from the Dr. Dispenza world. And she graduated out of hospice, her lung was healed, her tumor shrunk, and her, you know, vitality and her light, you know, got infused with that work. And it was pretty, it was so incredible to see. And I also even, you know, invited Dr. Patel, who does all of Dr. Joe's research. And then, yeah, I mean, Deborah Wayne did like a group healing on, you know, just sharing her gift from, you know, sharing frequencies from the field to get, you know, out of pain. And, you know, it really, we were all experiencing it as I was even recording. And I know that people can continue to experience that, but she just helps to unwind her body, like literally in the podcast. So I appreciate my audience has given me the uh, room to explore these topics and not get scared of them, but you know, still tune in. But I, I really feel like this is where medicine's going. And so my goal is that through these conversations, if I can just continue to help anyone who's listening, make those connections, make open people's minds to what's possible and for them to experience transformation and their life and their healing, like that makes it all, you know, worth it. And what I find most fascinating about your journey, and of course your passion, that is true to her heart and truly who she is, is she just wants that for everybody. Most people that get in this industry are a broken person. They feel broken. They get sick, blah, blah, blah. They end up in this industry because they have hit all the walls. You got into this industry because you saw, you just were observant. I just you are gifted and talented in many ways, and you just have a perspective that most don't that's unique to the little narwhal unicorn you that I love so much. But how has this, If I want you to share with your audience now, and if you are not watching this, I honestly want you to take a moment, pause, go to a, an opportunity to see this, because you're going to dive deep into Dr. Christine's brain right now, literally. And tell us a little bit about how this is medicine and your perspective now, how to change medicine and what that really means for what's happened for you the last year, as well as where you're headed. Thank you. And, you know, if you've been tuning in, you may have heard me tell this story in different capacities, but like all of us, right? You know, I, I and I think it's funny. Sometimes, you know, we do, like I have this group of dear friends and we're all so committed and we do this work and we're on each other's audience and do programs. And sometimes patients, you know, will hear me say something like, oh, you guys like could not possibly deal with anything like you're you, like, you know, people put you on a pedestal, like you have it all figured out. And what they don't realize is that we're all figuring it out too. And we're just trying to share and be open to what we're experiencing. If it could help other people that we're coming from a really an experiential knowledge, all of us on some level. And three years ago, almost to, you know, the time we're recording this, I went through, a, you know what, life, I was in the beginning of the river of change, we'll call it, you know, a transformational experience. And I look back at that time, and it was one of the greatest gifts I've been given, but I was literally excavated from a business that I thought was going to be my whole life's work, right? Thought I would grow old in that business. And you know, that 
the universe had a different plan. And so that was a big part of my, you know, letting go and being opening to something new. And then when you create something new, there's the whole, you know, stress and just continual feedback the universe gives you of what works and what doesn't. So I, I created my business, Eminence Health, which, you know, was really divinely guided. That name, Eminence, means the divine within. And so I really wanted to create, even before I really truly knew what this meant, but like this ability to reflect back to people that I'm not going to save them. I'm not their guru. I'm not their healer. Even I'm a facilitator for their ability to connect with the divine nature within them and their connection to whatever they believe in. And that's going to get them, you know, the healing that we all desire to experience. We're drawn to this work. And so then I'm, you know, going through all this and I think this is my river of change. I'm really trying to resource myself. And that's where I found the work of Joe and uh, Dispenza. And I started really my meditation practice and my commitment to excavating all of those parts of myself that needed to be transformed. And then you know, you think that's like enough, right? And then about a year ago, um, again, to this day, I, you know, I've been, I have a beautiful daughter who's an amazing spirit who's about to be five, but we've always wanted another child. And I've had a few miscarriages. And, you know, during this stressful time of, you know, becoming a new business owner for this business, I was seeing, you know, my endocrine system really be irregular. And I tended to have irregular cycles when I got stressed. And so I didn't make too much of it. But then my husband was like, you know, hey, we're getting a little older, we're stressed, why don't we just kind of go and get checked out? And I was like, you know, part of me like knew, okay, I have to do this. And I knew like, you know, I kind of knew the process of what this doctor would do. And eventually my labs kind of came back in a way that she said, you know, hey, we need to get an MRI. And I was like, okay, that's what I would do too. And I thought like maybe had like a prolactinoma or like some, you know, something that was creating an imbalance in my system. And so I agreed to do an MRI, but it took me about three months to do, you know, maybe even more, I think February to June, you know, to, to get, you know, the MRI. And, you know, when time kind of freezes, like I did the MRI, and then there was a moment, I feel like, when I got out of the MRI and I was getting back to my car, like it was just like a moment that I was like, you know, I, I knew that something was going to be, it was going to be interesting. It was, I hadn't fully comprehended it, but then, you know, I had my appointment a day later and the doctor, you know, she was pretty, I knew she was trying to tell me some news that was a little uncomfortable. And I had to stop her. I said, do I have brain cancer or do I have a, a you know, adenoma, you know, like, and she was like, well, you have a, you know, 3.2 centimeter pituitary macroadenoma. It's very big. You're going to need surgery. It's affecting your optic chiasm and so forth. And I was just like, brain surgery. They're like, what? Like, that's nuts. Here I am like teaching people how to detox their brain. And I'm like, brain surgery. Oh my gosh. And then a day later, you know, she had me like talk to a neurosurgeon and I was like, I'm not talking to a neurosurgeon. He's just going to try to convince me to have brain surgery. This is nuts. But then I, you know, was taking my walk and I saw a number and I never really answered my phone and I answered it. It was the assistant of the neurosurgeon and he was saying, Dr. Ferrara wants to talk to you before he goes into surgery today. And I was like, whoa, you know, like of a neurosurgeon that's going to call you before neurosurgeon, his day of surgery. Like I, I probably should talk to him. Just to reiterate. So she did an MRI after three to four months of waiting to do the MRI after she was told, just like 
we all do. We know something and somehow we block ourselves. And she gets the MRI. The next day, the report is basically, hey, I need you to see a neurosurgeon. And before she has a chance to actually call the neurosurgeon the next day, before he starts surgery early in the morning, his office calls her and says, hey, he really wants to talk to you before he goes into surgery today, which anybody knows, but a doctor knows for sure that is not a good sign. That is, this is pretty urgent. You need to pay attention. And I'm not giving you a minute to think otherwise because you're on my list and it is my medical responsibility to call you because of what I see. And it's urgent. That's why I'm calling you. This is the mind of a trained doctor is thinking this when they get a call from a doctor's office at 730 in the morning, just to give you a little insight into that. Yeah. It's like I've been going to different conferences and sharing my story. And I've been sharing the MRI because I think it is like so impactful that people understand that surgery was my you know, my option, you know, and so, you know, why have the, you know, I have the consult, I'm actually taking it back about how much I like this neurosurgeon. And he kind of has the check marks. My parents went to Georgetown. So he went to Georgetown and my mom would instantly love anybody, you know, who goes to Georgetown. So, and he had a very kind bedside manner, which I'm so glad that there are a wonderful people who devote their lives to the study of this, but they're not always, you know, the types that have also soft skills, right? And so he was a very kind person. He respected that I was a naturopath and, you know, he was saying, Okay, well, what you have, you know, it's going to need surgery. But the thing is, when those are one of the my favorite surgeries to do, because people feel better right away. And if you don't, you know, you're at risk for a stroke, you're at risk for dying 20 years younger. My pituitary tumor was also secreting growth hormones. So it was affecting my blood sugar, it was affecting my appearance, it was affecting me in ways that again, I had chalked up to stress going from pregnancy to the stressful time. And, you know, now having this whole language. So in these two short weeks between the time I found out and going to surgery, I had the opportunity to really put all of this knowledge that I've been exploring and sharing with patients. um, And I thought was just, I was applying to kind of changing my business and my life to like really my life, right? And I had beautiful people like Kelly and my dear friends circle around me. I worked with several amazing energy healers. I had my intention circle pray for me. I did a coherence healing with Dr. Joe's group. I have amazing patients and I shared them the truth of what was going on and I could feel their prayers. I literally could feel their love. And, you know, the first I was scheduled for June 22nd and, you know, I was nervous said bye to my husband and I, I was teary. I was nervous. And then you're waiting in the pre-op room and it's like nothing that we, any of us would design. You know, you feel like a prisoner with the suits and then it's very sterile. There are wonderful people who work in there, but if I had it up to me, it'd be like, you'd be getting glutathione and acupuncture and meditation and would have a plant at least, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're going to, through this experience. And so I just waited, but in that kind of void of waiting, like I felt so calm and I felt so at peace and I felt like this I knew that people were sending me energy I could feel it 
And I, you know, again, the surgeon came in at the end of the day. He's like, good news is you can eat because you can't eat or drink. Bad news is we're going to have to schedule you in the morning. And I honestly wanted a morning surgery. It's a better time to have surgery when the doctors are fresh. They haven't had a surgery. So I surrendered to that experience because the last thing I wanted is tired surgeons going into my brain. So the next day, I just really was totally in a different energy. I was totally confident. And I went through, I remember being, you know, basically you're on these uh, beds and you're getting wheeled around to the operating room. And the anesthesiologist was like, Hey, I have some first set. If you're getting nervous, you know, I'm happy to give you that right now. And I was like, Oh no, I want to, I want to experience this. And I got in the operating room and I saw everybody and I saw the, I'm like, I'm just like so grateful. There are people who know how to do this. Right. And so then, you know, fast forward to my recovery and I got through the surgery very well. And I like to add this point where about a month later, I went to my follow-up and the pathology report came back and I asked Dr. Ferrara at the end of our visit, I said, you know, what do, what do you see? Like, and he said, you know, it's kind of unique. There's like a lot of different types of cells and, you know, it, it's kind of like this really interesting tumor. And I, I'm going to study it for a long time because I really want to know why your tumor came out so easily. And that was a validation in my perspective and confirmation from the divine that the work that we did together collectively to prepare me from surgery for surgery had an impact in the 3D world because one of our friends and energy healers, she was really, you know, tuning in that we have to make it less sticky and kind of work to get this, you know, tumor more easily removed. And a lot of us were kind of like tapping into that. And Dr. Joe's kind of one lens of kind of bridging modern day science with spirituality. So we really are drawn to his work. And he says the saying that you might've heard me say a ton. It's like to change matter with matter takes time. But when you change the field, you change matter. And I really believe in my heart, I had that experience of we really through the field and through the power of intention and the power of being open to something greater than us supporting us that we actually had the opportunity to have a very tangible change on the three-dimensional density of matter in a very short time. And so that process was, you know, of course, you know, I'm a mom and a wife and a doctor and, you know, you have to face your mortality when you're, anytime you're going through surgery, let alone brain surgery, even though this was pretty routine for this doctor, anything can happen. And so I don't know how I would have gotten through this experience if it wasn't for the opportunity to receive really amazing I I don't even have the words, but a a gift from my friends and the people who surrounded me. I don't know if I would have had that same outcome. So yeah, so it was forever powerful in my world. And whenever I speak to patients about this, it's really coming from this, you know, desire that I want everybody to have the opportunity to experience this in their own life. I think what's so beautiful about your story, and I want to help comb it out a little bit is just for those two weeks from the moment that you found out you had to have brain surgery. I think we all were in a little bit of a shock because I think so many people are like, well, why did she get to this point if she was incorporating all this? And as you said, you know, you were chalking it all up to the amount of stress you were post 
post baby. So there's all sorts of hormonal stuff that goes on. And then stress we know is the number one cause of disease. So she's dealing with the stress and it was like transforming her life. As she said, this wasn't a mild stress. This was a huge stress while she was becoming a new mom. So yeah, we chalked it all up to that. And then the universe, once again, is showing up going, Nope, here you go. Brain tumor. Boom. Two weeks though. In those two weeks, first you go through shock. That was good 24 hours. And then it was like, okay, going to do? What are we going to do in the 3D to help with changing the field? And it was, yes, your friends praying all the things, but it was also you going grounding and getting your body physically prepared, doing light work. And can you name some of the things, some of the therapies you did that ask clients to do every day that you did not abandon what you know, you leaned in deep to what you know, and incorporated that with this. And what I heard you say was when you got out of surgery, in addition to the doctor being, Hey, I do 400 of these a year and yours is unique to everyone that I've taken out. I'm going to be studying it for a long time. It behaved differently in the 3D than anybody else's hmm. little dizzy, know all the things you did. Maybe you should send this. Yes. And then what do you see for the future of that? Because like you say, thank God, there are people that know how to go up through your nose, past your sphenoid to pull it out without having to crack your head open or you bleed to death on the table or all the millions of things that could go wrong, that they're skilled enough to do that. And then to, you have the charting of now, how are the biophysics changing on the, on the 3d now that I don't have this tumor that's eliciting all these steroids, but now how am I healing both in those two weeks and what am I doing differently than I did prior to the knowledge? Yeah, I know. Thanks, Kelly. You know, and we had like only two weeks, right? So I mean, of course, I did all the things that, you know, one would do. But you know, matter to matter takes time, right? So I knew if I was really going to get ready for the surgery, we had to work in a different way. And, you know, my post recovery was a little different where I, you know, I have the opportunity to have all this equipment. So I have the flow presso and I have, you know, the Weber laser helmet and I have the laser watch and I have access to IVs and I have access to body work and acupuncture and chiropractic. And I did all that, you know, wonderful, you know, healing, you know, to re recover and I recovered quite well. And so, so yeah, those tools were available to me. And I, I think they're just such great reminders of this whole other world that we have to tap into to really heal on a, on a really true root cause level. And so I did all of that. And I, even when I was at a circle, I, I did a lot of meditation myself, you know, before surgery. So I, I probably meditated every day. And I, you know, I remember there was that one moment when I got the news of terror and fear. And I experienced it and I let myself experience it. And then I knew I had a choice. I had a couple places in my life where I knew when I got my thoughts and my mind lined up, I could really create powerful change. I had a really beautiful birth and I had gestational diabetes was actually related to this tumor, but we didn't know that at the, that time. And when you have gestational diabetes, they put you on a clock, especially I was 37, so advanced maternal age, right? And I, I knew like you don't get induced or you get kind of like the it's snowball effects of that. And I knew I grieved and I was in fear of that kind of like algorithm they put me on and that kind of, you know, timeline. And then I lined up and I was like, well, okay, that's my reality. And I'm going to create a different experience. I had my baby in a beautiful way naturally before, you know, even they wanted to induce me on a Monday night. 
and she was born at 12, you know, 1249, um, that Monday. So, so I had like, that was like the, I probably the most concrete I had when I was faced with like, you know, certain conditions that I could line my mind up for something different. And so I experienced all the feelings, but I had that moment where I was like, okay, you know, you get to choose how you go through this now. And I had been studying Joe's work for at least two years, maybe by then. And so I I had seen people recover from stage four cancer and seen people walk out of wheelchairs and, you know, have debilitating RSD and start running in a retreat, you know, like, so I, I saw these really profound experiences. And so I'm like in you know, this is that work that he says all the time, like, it can be you, like, why couldn't it be you if it's somebody else? And so I had that framework and that model to line up. And that's why I when I I see my patients, and they're dealing with a lot of stuff. And I I really, you know, you asked me where the future is going. I do what I know. And I'm, you know, evolving what I know, but I feel like I'm just like on the precipice of really doing something a little different, you know, like really making sure the patients who are drawn to me feel like they have all the tools and the mental model to do what I did and to really experience profound healing in a way and not just be, you know, I, right now I tell people it takes two years to get better. I mean, like that takes way too long, right? You know, because they've been sick for 10 years and, you know, can you believe like if you're 10 years sick and then two years to get better, like the type of mental marathon that takes and, you know, Kelly and I live really passionate lives. So like to be out of life for that long, you know, in that way, I, I think we can do better, right? You know, I, I, I think we can do better. So I feel, you know, on the precipice of creating this whole different experience for my work. And then really, I feel we, I, I've had the download even the couple years before my experience that the future of medicine is going to be the medicine of energy, frequency, and vibration and my body electric summits kind of where that it's so funny how you're on your path, even though you don't know it, you know what I mean? So they were already kind of lining me up on this. And now I've deepened this understanding as I've had this experience and had this to this idea of coherence. And um, I have a summit with Dr. Roland McCready that's going to come out um, the end of October, beginning of November on this topic. And I'm getting ready to do all my interviews, which I'm really excited about. And Kelly and my dear friend, Sinclair Keneally as well, we decided uh, we all have a different lens of the chronic illness story and of the bioregulatory story. And we really just see what's going on in our industry. And we're so grateful for all the wonderful people who keep on pushing us. But we just feel like there's this great opportunity to bring these principles that I've just shared and the what we call the divine feminine back into medicine. And we are starting this initiative and this collaborative experience that we're really just opening to see how it unfolds, but it's in our heart to just at least do the first conference and get the feedback of our community and see how we can work together to create this Coherence Medicine Institute. And we really want to name this new medicine. Uh, Functional medicine has had a beautiful place in this journey of getting more and more people open and awake. And bioregulatory medicine, of course, has been there from the beginning, you know, that really like underdog, you know, just always there, you know, always, you know, leading the way for the people who find it. But I think we're really 
at this time where I, I feel like the paradigm is shifting in a very deep way. And what we all came together is to, to do is to usher this new medicine. And we want to have, you know, we want to be part of that. We want to be a vessel for that. We want to be able to create a movement around that. And so that's what we're up to. And it's it's really- You have your own practitioner course too, because yeah, regardless yeah. of what you do as a community, you're training practitioners and you're making it available, which I, you know, we all feel is so important to take our individual lens and give practitioners an opportunity to learn because there's so many different things out there to get lost in. And, you know, when you've had experience, when you've had education and all the opportunity that we've, that you've had, that you can get rid of the, the fluff and get down to what really works and what's the most efficient and effective. Yeah. I love that. that's why you're, you know, putting all that together. I think it's just beautiful. So your spectrum of health has grown throughout the years for sure. Yeah. No. And, and I, I feel like it's just so, you know, when I stand here with you right in this moment, I'm, I feel in so many ways, like I'm just getting started. You know what I mean? And I'm so grateful people hung out with me for 200 episodes and have followed me and that I have this amazing community. I'm, I'm just really honored and grateful. And yeah, I just really, yeah, like we're just getting started and stay tuned. It's really going to be you know, the next 200 episodes are going to be out of this world, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Quantum leap, right? So yeah, and I, I can't thank you enough. I mean, I, you know, again, being divinely guided, Kelly and I met right before in 2019, before my life changed. And little did I know that she would be in a really amazing rock for me during one of the hardest times of my life. And, you know, I've been in my journey, I just have to admit, I've been around a lot of women who were really quite negative and mean to me, <laughs> you know, and didn't see my heart and really projected all of their fears and insecurities and their inadequacies on me. I didn't really realize I was there trying to guide them and help them and usher in this kind of new way and for all of us to thrive. And then I found like, I would like in this experience, I, I feel like I have just such amazing women in my life to really reframe that story. And that there is a field of women who are loving and collaborative and supportive and really honor each other and want to see each other succeed and want to work together and really want to demonstrate collaboration. And that is like, yeah, one of the greatest gifts of this, you know, these last three years. Healing the mother line is full circle this conversation. We're healing the mother line. Yeah. Healing the feminine line. It's a line to bring heart and yeah. And you do it so well. And you really talk about brain heart coherence in this medicine there's not many people I'd put my hands in at all in the United States. And you are absolutely the top of the list. And I have shared experience with you and I have shared retreats with you. And I look forward to sharing many more other things with you. But I love sharing your podcast because I know when my clients are listening to your podcast, they are becoming their best physicians and their best pharmacists, which is I know what's really in your heart. And we appreciate you so much in your Spectrum of Health podcast. So from my heart to yours and everybody else's, thank you so much, Dr. Schaffner, for really sharing all your wisdom, your knowledge, your curiosity, and your receiving of love, which is a huge thing, and you being willing to be vulnerable and share your whole story and who you really are 
to the whole world because you're a true gift in my life. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much for being here. And we'll have in the show notes all the ways to connect with Kelly as well. She's been doing amazing work and she has a wonderful podcast as well called The Beats and we'll have info around that as well. So thank you, Kelly, for being on my podcast. I'm sure there'll be many more times where I have you as a guest. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I hope you enjoy this very special episode of the Spectrum of Health. It's 200 and I'm looking forward to 200 more and I have many ideas and insights in store for you all. So thank you again for staying tuned and being part of a very special community that is very dear to my heart. So thank you so much.